This broadcast is part of the IC Robots Radio Network. Visit icrobots.com for this and many other nerd slash nostalgia related podcasts. You won't be sorry for long. to the Toys R Us report, recorded live from inside the Pooptronics Cellular Undersea Base 0001, 6.5 miles below the ocean surface. At Brutal Combat, he'll bomb back, work the body and watch Star Trek. He's your host, Icy Robot. If you're looking for me, you better check under the sea. It is your dude, Icy Robots. I am not a hero, but I do sacrifice a bit of my week each and every week to make your week a bit less week. And this week, I think it's going to get a lot less week. We do have, it's a bit of an abbreviated show, but it's going to be a lot of fun. We're going to, we're going to play some recording I have from over at the flea market. We got a new, we got a new song coming up in a sec. I should, I should actually start queuing that up. We're going to talk about Migos too. Let me... Let me see if I can find that. All right, uh, hit it. You are listening to the Toys R Us report. We're useless, but not for long. The future is coming on. Come on, what are you talking about? Well, you, you think it's healthy to obsessively collect things? You can't connect with other people, so you fill your life with stuff. It's like all the rest of these pathetic. No, you're not. You're a cool guy, see? You think it's healthy to obsessively collect things? You can't connect with other people, so you fill your life with stuff. Ew, gross. Kind of cute. Oh, it's like a gross rat. That's a mongoose. How much is it? Um, that's not officially for sale. I, uh, I might have to hang on to that for the time being. Hey, this is me, your dude, Icy Robots, and I I am at the Mojo Sales Flea Market right now. I'm just like, just hanging and clanging, and just chilling like a bill, doing whatever. I'm over, I'm at this area where they, it's like a chicken stand, they have chicken, they have tacos, they have like various, various fruity drinks like watermelon juice, and they have pineapple juice, they have horchata in these giant, like these big jars that are... They're sort of shaped like, kind of like a bee's nest, I guess. They they have that. Those are really good. But they have a lot, a lot, a lot of sugar. They have this really great potato salad that they they make using, they use like frozen peas and stuff. But it's like, it's absolutely delightful anyway. We, we, um, we're here and I just, I want to know if this, this ever happens to you guys when you're out at the, uh, when you're out at the flea, do you ever try to buy something from someone and then they decide that it's not, that it's not for sale? This seems to happen to me, like, this happens all the time. I will go, 
ask about something and I'll get the that's not officially for sale I I might have to hold on to that I I get this a lot from the cannibals the cannibals of dig fame I know that I've talked about this before but just about anytime I ever go to ask these dudes what the price is on something they they tell me that it's that it's not for sale one time the dude told me they were accepting serious serious offers only I I don't know what to make of that one I don't know how to take it but that's that's what I was told I I today was digging through a box of video cassettes I was looking for stuff for icy robots television weird home recorded videos or weird weird things that may fall into the area of public domain like little little tapes people made instructional tapes just like weird stuff I can I can post over there and I was I was like poking around in this box of tapes and I found um there's a copy of Escape from New York there's a copy of Escape from New York with um not it wasn't like a big box like an 80s big box VHS but it was like it was like a plastic case it wasn't cut either it was it was designed this way I think that the back in the day you could you could order direct from the studios and they would sometimes come like this. I've seen copies of Star Wars that were were like this, but I'd never seen Escape from New York. So, like, I pulled it out of the box and I, I realized that just, like, looking at this, that this is something interesting. This is something, something kind of cool, kind of special. So I'm a bit, I'm a bit wary to ask the guy because sometimes people don't know what they have in their boxes and then you get it and they... They pull that shenanigans where this isn't for sale. I I didn't expect that this time because all the guy's stuff was... It was all put together. He was obviously like a vendor, like a seller. It was all good stuff, well-organized, well-displayed, or, or whatever. I, I asked him, I said, how much How much do you think you want for, um, for this VCR tape? And he goes, oh, let me look at that. And I immediately got the, this isn't going to work out kind of feeling but I I handed it to him I mean it is his I handed it over to him and he he said oh this isn't um this isn't officially for sale I'm going to I'm gonna have to hold on to this one which I think that and I don't know what gives people the reason to really think this but sometimes I think like when you show interest in something if they think you might be smart they're gonna take this thing and they're gonna go look it up because the mere fact that you want it means that in some way it's probably more valuable than they think it is. When I when I go to the flea though, I really like I try to dress I try to dress down. I just wear like my cargo shorts and just like some random t-shirt or like a like a sweatshirt. I really try to dress down. I don't try to look like I'm some like big city sophisticant or anything. I wanna I want to get the, uh, you know, the dum-dum price. I know other people, like a good pal of mine, uh, he, he dresses to the nines when he goes to the flea market. Like, he puts on all of his vintage gear, like his vintage hat, his cool vintage Levi's, and his, you know, rockabilly racing jackets, and he wonders why, wonders why he doesn't get the best prices. You know, I, I try to play it like, I'm just a rube, I'm just a mark, I'm wearing a sweatshirt, look at me in my cargo shorts with my with my dumb sneakers on. I don't know, but it doesn't it doesn't seem to work. And I'm not saying I'm a shark by any means. I'm I'm far more mark than shark, but um a lot of times I go for stuff and they they pull it right out from under me. One time I 
time I overheard the cannibals at the dig, there there's some local local guys that uh, hang out at the dig, do the flea market on the weekend. I, I overheard them talking to another guy, and they're telling me how they like to take like one or two or three really good items and put them out on their table in the hopes of drawing people in, even though these are things from the personal collection and are not for sale. I I don't know. I can see how maybe that does work because I do come in. But when I ask you for something and you tell me, I don't know, it's not really for sale, that doesn't make me want to buy your other things. It just makes me think, like, they're kind of hard to deal with. I'm going to just sort of move along. And it's happened so many times that I, I don't even look at the, don't even look at their wares anymore. Even though they do have some cool stuff. They spend a lot of time with the dig and they have, they have a good eye. Good stuff does go by. And if you have a good eye, you can really get your hands on some interesting items. They're... Their table is not bad by any means. They have, like, a lot of cool heavy metal cassettes and, like, belt buckles and rocker stuff. It's it's cool, but I, I just don't look because I know that they're going to they're gonna pull the rug right out from under me and whatever I, whatever I get anyway. And I just I had the mini recorder in my pocket, and I thought, ah, why don't I get these thoughts down while they're, while they're still fresh? Does this happen to you when you're at the flea? Let me know. Let me know. Hit me up at IC Robots or Facebook.com backslash IC Robots. Also, if you can identify the movie that those bits came from at the beginning before we before we got here, I I would give you a big thumbs up. Hit me up and let me know if you can tell what flick that is. Alright, we'll be back in a sec. We got we got at the movies right after this. Hey y'all, this is Doug McCoy from the McCoy Cast Podcast. Having such a great shows like 80s anthologies episode by episode in the theater and that crazy, creepy, cool movies. Just wanted to wish all you IC Robots fans out there a, uh, well, what should we call it? A holly jolly Christmas? I think that's uh, quite appropriate. So I'm wishing you all a holly jolly Christmas this year. In a moment, at the movies without Ebert, Siskel, or even that dude Roper, but you've got icy robots, so that's something, right? People like me live in the past. You got people that need you now. Hey, I gotta do what my father couldn't. We got this. Adonis Creed has been challenged by Victor Drago, son of the man who killed his father. I'm kid. Creed 2. Rated PG-13. Oop, oop, sorry. I cut that off a bit short. These VHS trailers are hard to queue up and stop at the at the exact right moment. But um anyway, we went to see Creed 2 on a Monday afternoon. I've been looking forward to this movie for a long time. I am I'm like a pretty big Rocky fan. If they come out with something Rocky, I'm gonna go see it. Rocky, the first Rocky is in the Five Mike Hall of Fame. I think it's like, I think it's just a terrific series, and I liked the first Creed movie a lot. I don't know where it came in, but the year that it came out, it made the top five. I think it was, it was like four or five, which is pretty good, you know, making it, making it onto um, a list like that. It's quite prestigious, so that goes to show the quality of of uh, Creed. Creed stars Michael B. Jordan as the son of Apollo Creed, who was Rocky's greatest nemesis. 
and later his greatest friend, Apollo Creed, who's played by Carl Weathers. I don't even know why I have to say this. You all know this. Everybody in the... Everybody in the universe knows this. The movie starts off with young Adonis Creed. That is, that's Michael B. Jordan. He's getting ready for a shot at the heavyweight championship. This leads to, this leads to him coming into conflict with, with Victor Drago, the son of Ivan Drago. Ivan Drago being the person who killed his father during a boxing exhibition. I... I have mixed feelings on this movie. I thought the movie was, it was very well made. It was very well acted. I enjoyed the story. I had a, I had a good time while I was watching it. But the psychology of the movie was a bit interesting to me. The movie starts off, like I said, with young Adonis taking the heavyweight strap. And after doing so... He quite literally goes Hollywood. He moves from Philadelphia to Hollywood because his his wife, who is played by the by the Tessa Thompson, I'm not a giant Tessa Thompson fan. I, don't, I know um, a lot of people are, but she doesn't really she doesn't really speak to me. So she talks young Adonis into moving to Hollywood to help to help further further her career. He's He's just won the belt. He's on the top of the world. He's going to Hollywood. He has a nice place. He's he's closer to his mom, which is nice, but he still he still moved from the mean streets to Hollywood. Of course, he was not initially from Philadelphia. So it's not the same as if let's say let's say Rocky moved to Hollywood. But um there there's something to be said about sticking to your roots, especially like in a movie in a movie like this. I I don't want to give away a lot of spoilers. There are a couple things that I did I do did want to touch on when when they decide to move out of Philly. Young Adonis goes, "Well, what about Rocky?" and his wife Tessa Thompson goes, "Well, Rocky's his own man. Rocky has his own life." I I thought that was a little bit cold-blooded. Rocky is just getting over cancer, and young Adonis is like, hey, I gotta stick with Rocky, I can't leave Rock, and she's like, eh, Rock will be fine, and off they go to Hollywood. To me, something like that is sort of like an abject heel turn, like you, you've turned heel, there's, this might not be the heel turn moment, but this is the moment that does kind of show you might be veering, veering off into heeldom. On the flippy flip, you start seeing the life of Ivan Drago and what happened to him after he was defeated by after he was defeated by Rocky the the people of the Ukraine where he's from they they immediately turn their back on him he he's a pariah they cannot handle that he has lost to Rocky this is all this is all very minor spoiler material at the least you can you can see how something like this might happen they they turn their back on him. He's he's living in a rundown apartment building with his son, who's working construction. But his son is a up and coming club fighter. He's knocked out everybody he's faced. He's gigantically muscular. This guy is like this guy is like a monster, the likes of which I have never seen. He's like he's like the mountain in Game of Thrones, but more more well defined, more boxer style. This guy's a this guy's a monster, but he's on the rise, and all the while you're watching him, 
and his dad running through these bombed out streets, lifting concrete bags, living in a really, really run down apartment. He, his name is dead in the streets, is what it's like. Whereas once Drago was, whereas once Drago was as high as it could be, people have like, just absolutely turned their back on him. His wife has left him when he goes out. He gets, he gets met with horrible disrespect. It's, it's so bad, you really start to feel for this guy. It's like, it's like Cobra Kai, the Cobra Kai series that was on YouTube. You, you see the whole thing from the, from the perspective of Johnny, and you really, you really start to feel for what he's going through. And this feels like that, right? But then you go back to, uh, you go back to Donnie and Tessa, and they're, they're having a great time. They have a baby on the way. All sorts of great things are happening. And then, you know, it all leads to the fight. And you know where that goes. And just everything. It was it was a weird movie to me. It left me feeling like I may have been happier if Drago won the fight. This is, this is a Rocky movie. You know where it goes. You know what happens. I, I feel like at the end, if Drago would have won... I might have like I might have been like man good for him he he came on the come up the the rocky series has always followed the underdog there was always there was always some way that rocky was like the underdog and in this apollo is adonis rather is more like apollo in that he is an underdog in the fact that like this guy's a monster, but he is the overdog in the fact that, like, he's absolutely winning at life. He has a family, he has a beautiful house, he has a baby, he has everything. He's all over it, whereas, whereas, like, Victor feels more like Rocky. I don't know, I guess this is a long way of saying that I felt like the wrong guy won the fight, and the movie left me feeling a bit, like, a bit flat. I wanted to go... And leave the theater feeling triumphant. You know, like when you see a Rocky movie in the end, Rocky wins and you leave just, you feel like you won the heavyweight championship. That was, that was what I needed. But instead, I left feeling like, I don't know, you know, maybe it would have been neat to see, to see Drago win this movie. And then maybe, maybe to see, to see Adonis win it back in the sequel. I don't know. I I usually don't talk about the plot of a movie all that much. I try to keep it I try to keep it secret, but the the Rocky movies are great, but they're also so formulaic that there is no surprise. You go in like knowing what you're going to get and you go in knowing that you that you want that. You want that thing that you're going to get. And in this one, I don't know. I just I didn't get it. It left me feeling a little flat, but that said, Michael B. Jordan is really terrific in the role of Adonis. It was great to see Drago back after all these years and to catch up with what that homeboy has been up to. And, you know, Sly Stallone, he um really knows how to be Rocky. He's been doing it for, like, all of his life at this point. The movie is just well put together. It's well made and everything. But the the ending left me feeling a little flat. I don't know. I I didn't get what I needed out of it. So... With all of this said and all this jibba-jab, jibba-jabbed, on the good old-fashioned Source Magazine mic meter with one being a dud and five being an all-time classic, I am going to go ahead and give, gonna give Creed 2, maybe, 
like a solid three, three mics. Mic. Three mics. Projectionist, are you sure we're on? Yes. We should have enough power going through the antenna. Thanks, friend. Listeners, this is Vic Sage and my co-host, the projectionist over here, wishing everyone a happy holiday. Please drop by supportthereport.com and consider becoming a show patron for as low as a measly dollar a month. It's the right thing to do. You made it this far. It's time. The final segment. The Icy Robots Radio Pop Culture slash Toy News slash Other Boring Stuff Informational Moment. All right, we are back. It is me, IC Robots, and I want to thank Vic Sage and the Projectionist for leaving that kind message. You know them, of course, from the Saturday Frights podcast. They are they're a real good friend of the show, man. When we when we first got attacked by pirates way back when, they came to the rescue. They were the only ones who answered our call, and I used my I used my special code. I sent it all the way out to the outer rims, and only Vic Sage and the Projectionist came. They are truly, truly friends of the show. Also, big, big up to Doug McCoy for leaving a message a bit earlier in the show. That was great of him. Doug's a good pal, man. We talk. We we get along. We're just, we're pals. At any rate, this is, this is the segment of the show in which, I don't know, I talk about stuff. I talk about this. I talk about that. I do, I do all sorts of things. Let's, uh... Let's start off. We got a we got a voicemail this week on the the good old the good old ring ring ha ha hey hey. You can reach that at five three two five two six seven. That is seven zero seven five three two five two six seven five three two jams. You can leave us a message. You can leave us a text. You can do whatever. Let's let's see what this first one here is all about. Hold on, let me uh, hit it. Hi, this is Dr. Jane Walsh. I just, you know, thought since it was the season of giving and and caring and Christmas and stuff, I'd want to wish a Merry Christmas to that Toys R Us report crew. But you know what? I might take that back. No, 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 I'm fine. I, I, I still want to wish you guys a Merry Christmas, but I really don't think you guys do any kind of work or anything. But we'll see, you know, if you improve next year. Happy New Year and Merry Christmas. Well, that was certainly no fun. I Here's the fun part. She actually put that music in herself. I don't even know how she did that. Maybe that was just something she was listening to. I don't know. Uh Jane Walsh, thanks for thanks for calling in. You're you're the best of all the fish doctors down there. I'm not there right now, but uh if I was, I would I would I would tip back an eggnog with you, Dr. Jane Walsh. I don't know about Engineer Emily. I'm sure that Iceberg would, but uh Thanks for calling in. I I appreciate it. the The thought was definitely there. Let's uh let's move on. We got we only got one voicemail and one text this week. I didn't put out the call. I keep forgetting to put out the call. But you can at any moment you want, you can reach out to seven zero seven five three two jams. Leave a text. Leave a call. Do whatever you want, man. I I will take them on the show. Let's see. This one is from it's from J M. I wonder. 
I wonder if that was Jim without a uh, without an I or an E. Maybe it's Jim. Jim from Jim and the Holograms. And this says, I have heard you talk about cassettes. I also am into the cassette culture, and I was wondering if you play your cassettes or if you just collect them. I do actually listen to them. I have a cassette boombox, a Sony boombox out in my garage, and I use that. I use that a lot. Uh, We have a cassette player in the IC Robots, uh, the truck. The IC Robots Mobile, the big, the big Dodge Ram, it has a, has a cassette player, and we, we use it a lot. We were actually playing Madonna's self-titled debut on cassette in the car the other day. That is, that's a pretty hot tape, man. I like it. I also, I have, like, a multi-purpose stereo in the living room with, like, a record player, a CD player, all that stuff. And I, I actually played the, uh, Raekwon Ghostface I played the purple tape in the living room the other day. I needed, I needed to pick me up, so I popped in the, the famous purple tape. Only built, only built for Cuban links. I do admit, though, that most, most of my tapes are for collecting. I'm down here on the Earth base, like I said, and they're, they're on my desk. I have a, I have like a shelf, and I've dedicated this one shelving unit to all my cassettes, and I can, I can see them right here. They're right in front of my face. There is, there's the Grave Diggers. Six Feet Deep, Public Enemy, Yo Bum Rush to Show, Public Enemy, Fear for Black Planet, Public Enemy, It Takes a Nation, here's LL Cool J's Walking with a Panther, Ultra Magnetic, my dude, Ferg's favorite, the Ultra Magnetic MCs, I got Four Horsemen, and I got Funk Your Head Up on cassette, here's a EPMD single, here's a Tim Dog tape, Lord Finesse, Ed OG and the Bulldogs, Third Base, the Cactus Album, Gangstar, Step in the Arena, I got Downtown Science, I got Run DMC, Risen Hell, this is... This is only some of them. Here's uh, Wu-Tang Clan, Enter the 37 Chambers, Son of a Zerk, Sir Mix-A-Lot, Seminar. This is just like, I'm like naming every fourth or fifth cassette on this, on this shelf. I still have a lot of my original rap tape collection. I was, I was really slow to switch over to CDs. I had like a lot of, a lot of money, a lot of time, a lot of space invested in cassettes. So I was like, I was really slow to switch over and I still have... I still have a large portion of my old, my old own hip-hop tape collection. J period M period, I appreciate that. I do dig you guys reaching out. This is one way that you can dictate what goes on in the show. You can shoot out a message, and I'll talk about pretty much whatever you want to talk about, unless it's, unless it's weird. I don't know. I'll let you determine that. What else is going on? Let's... Let's do a bit of Mego talk. There was going to be a Mego watch this episode. I wasn't even sure this episode was ever going to come out. There, There is, like, sickness in my house that has required me to be on, like, nursemaid duty 24-7. And I'm sure, I'm sure you've all been there at one time or another. It's, uh, it's time-consuming. It also really taxes the creativity, you know. It's hard to, like, get a hold of that creative rainbow when you're, when you're just, like, nursemaiding all day. But it is, it is your duty to take care of your loved ones when the time need comes, so there. But I'm not gonna be able to do, like, a full, like, a full-on Mego watch, but I, I could talk on some of these topics that I got right here on my note cord. I don't even really know where I left off with my Mego purchases, so I'll, I'll kind of gloss over a bunch of them. I got, I got Paul Stanley and I got Gene Simmons of Kiss. I got, I got two of those. I want to hold on to a set of Kiss. I, if I can get all four, I want to hold on to them. I, I don't know, man. I, I see some kind of, 
I see some kind of future interest in these. So I got one, I got one Paul Stanley, but I've been holding on to it until I could find another. I was lucky enough to find another one over at the Target and Runner Park. So I came home and I opened it. He's really, really a terrific figure. I like him a lot. I posted some pictures over on icrobots.com. Just scroll down the sidebar. There is a category called Mego. You'll find it right there. I got that. And then I got Gene Simmons. I have Gene Simmons right here. I had the one that I got. And then I got another one on Target.com when it when it popped up. I haven't opened him yet. I'm not going to do so now. I I kind of... I'm saving this for when I need like another... Like another big pick-me-up. That's uh, the fun part about carded figs. It's nice. It's nice Gene Simmons though. The head likeness is pretty good. He has a guitar like... It looks like an axe. Is that a bass? He has a bass that looks like an axe. And that's that's pretty deaf. I I look forward to playing with him. He has like chains and his boots are neat. He has some cool platforms. I've also got some of the of the bigger scale one. I bought a Harley Quinn. I don't know if I talked about that the the last time we did Mego Watch. She's really great. These these 14-inch Migos are super charming. I didn't want to get involved with them, but once I got once I got Batgirl, I was, I was really taken. They're a lot of fun. Harley's neat too. She has all the normal articulation of Amigo. She comes with a hammer. She's in her classic, in the classic Harley Quinn outfit, the Paul Dini one that I, that I really like. I'm not so much into the rehab of Harley Quinn. I think I, I think I've actually talked about this before. It feels it feels familiar. I bought another Frankenstein. That is, my grand total is now up to three. I got one, and it ended up with the Halloween decorations. The The wife convinced me, oh, why don't you put your Dracula, why don't you put your Frankenstein and just bring them out on the holidays, and they'll seem so cool, and they'll seem so important, which is true. But in the meantime, I was really missing Frank, so when I saw one... Over at the store, it's a rare, rare sighting. I grabbed it, I've opened him, he's really, he's really a terrific figure. I have him in the garage, I have an action figure wall in the garage. I got him, Action Jackson, and Dracula all over there. I, I like to have things in there, you know, it's fun. It's fun to have a secondary area where you can go and, I don't know, dig on your things. I also popped open my Romulan Commander. There are going to be pictures of him going up on icyrobots.com, maybe... Maybe like the Monday of this week. They may be up there right now as you as you listen to this. Like I said, go down the Mego category on the bar. You'll find them. They're great. He's a cool figure, man. He has a like a fancy gold helmet that comes on and off. I, I dig him the most, man. I'm all in on the Star Trek guys. Well, I can't say that I'm all in. I'm in on ones that haven't been created before that are from the... From the original Star Trek universe, not the Mirror Universe. The Mirror Universes are cool, but I don't got, like, all the room that I would want for all of them. While, while we're talking about that, there is a green shirt Captain Kirk that has caused a lot of controversy over in the Mego Ambassador Facebook group that I belong to. That's the, that's the main place I talk Migos online. That's the main place where I, like, I swap Migos with dudes and stuff. I... I like it there, it's cool, but recently there has been this discussion about whether whether you should buy as many as you want or if you should just buy your fair share and leave them open to other collectors. For for example, this focuses mostly on the 
On the green shirt, Captain Kirk and the werewolf. Both of these have been really hard to find. And every once and again, they pop up on the target.com on the website. And when they do, some people rush out and they grab. I've seen people grab up to 22 at a time. I myself, I have grabbed none. I don't have it. I know... I know Engineer Nerd does. I know he wanted that one. It's a cool figure. I just, I have a Kirk on my bridge. If I saw him in the store, I would get it for sure. But I'm not in a rush to get him on the, on the website. But some dudes are buying like, they're buying like 20, 22. Some of the dudes who are buying 22, there are numerous dudes that are buying 20. And some of the dudes who do it, they say that they are doing it so that they can sell them to the people in the in the Mego group at cost. Like, they are buying a large percentage of what's available so they can sell them to you to assure that they go to the true Mego collectors. I maintain you, like, might also be the cause of the problem. I wonder if it's that the people who do this in some way enjoy the attention. Like, they enjoy being the one who has the thing that you don't have. And while while they're going to give it to you, you, you gotta ask politely. You know, you gotta ask for it, and they gotta hook you up. I know that, I know that some people like being the hookup. It's almost like you want to be the hookup. It feels good. It feels good to have people come to you. It feels good to have people, to have people need you. You got the thing they want. It's cool. This is probably why some people get into the world of drug dealing. Besides the money, they, they like the attention. I don't know. It's not something that I would ever do. I, I would see it as a lot of trouble. Let's say I buy 25 werewolves and I dish them out to 24 people on the Mego Ambassador Group. That's 24 boxes I gotta get. That's 24 things of bubble wrap I gotta get. I gotta print out 24 labels to send to all these people. If I'm just doing it at cost, it does not seem, does not seem like it's worth the trouble at all. I, I don't know what's up with this. I, I, I haven't really, I haven't really put my finger on exactly what it is, but I'm thinking, I'm thinking these people enjoy the power of being the hookup, but it's, it's still weird to me. Dudes are going back and forth on this and people keep posting pictures of like, look, I got 75 Gene Simmons. That's an exaggeration. I didn't, I didn't see that, but people post it. People get mad. Some people, some people, I don't know, man, people are gonna, they're gonna do what they do, I guess. I was over at the Target the other day, checking out Migos, and there were some of the new wave. There was, like, Cowardly Lions and stuff. I understand that the Cowardly Lion comes boxed with the Romulan Commander and the Werewolf. If I if I remember correctly, I know that the Cowardly Lion and the Werewolf come together, but I don't remember the other figures. So if you see Cowardly Lions and you see no Werewolves, that means that somebody's already come and they've already, they've already scooped them out, so I... I keep seeing the lion. I saw him at the one target. I saw it at the target in Cottingtown, but I, but I never, not never see the werewolf. I got one. I'm just waiting to get a second one so that I can bust it open. I also want a, like a sealed set of the monsters. I think in the future that would be something that would be, that would be neat to have. So I got the Dracula, got the Frank, I got the werewolf. Now I just need the werewolf to open. I'm hoping that one, I'm hoping to get one for Christmas. I know that I am getting some Migos for Christmas. Just. Just based on the the kid and the wife asking me questions about about which ones I have and stuff like that, I I'm happy to get any Mego, honestly, for Christmas. Anyone they get me, I think is pretty fun. I I believe they're going to be leaning toward the 14 inch ones because my collection is a bit slim. They keep hearing me talk about how charming they are. I'm always running around going, 
I love them so much. They're so neat. Look at my, look at my bad girl. Look at my Harley Quinn. Wouldn't it be cool if I had that really neat blue Batman to go, to go with it? The blue and gray Batman. I saw him at the store too. There was him and Lex Luthor from the new wave. But Lex Luthor, I, I thought about getting him, but he has, he has like a torn collar. The one that was there. This is the Lex Luthor from, from the days of the uh, Legion of Doom. He's wearing like a, like a brightly colored costume and he, he has his trademark bald head. What else? What else has been going on in the world of Mego? I guess that there is word that Marty Abrams might have let slip at some kind of a convention that there could be a Billy Idol in the in in the mix coming up soon, maybe wave four, maybe wave five. That would be cool. I I think I would get Billy Idol if I saw him on the on the shelf. I I kind of dig the rock star ones. I like having figures that aren't necessarily like soldiers or superheroes and stuff. It's kind of cool to have somebody who's uh who's in the arts. I I'm not like the biggest Billy Idol fan of all time. He's fine. If he's on the radio, I don't I don't turn it off. I know I know the singles. Let me let me hit this cassette right quick and we can hear like my absolute favorite moment from any Billy Idol song. Like, every time Dancing With Myself comes on, I just kind of, I sit and, like, anticipate the moment when it starts to go, sweat, sweat, sweat. I don't know, man. It's, like, just terrific. I I don't know what else to say. I, you know, Billy Idol's cool, man. There's no, no beef with Billy Idol. I think that what I, what I dig about the Rockstar Migos is the idea that if I, if I was still, like, playing with my toys, it would be fun to intermingle, like, a rock star, like, Billy Idol in with the other dudes. It'd be fun to see him, like, fighting and doing cool stuff, which is, which is what I know I would have done if I were playing with my, my Migos back in the olden days. The other day, I was, I was, like, making a, well, I was taking a picture. I was out in the, I was out in the garage taking a picture, and I was posing my Romulans and stuff. And when I when I was doing it, I I started thinking like these are really fun. These toys are really neat. It would be cool to be able to play with toys again. And I don't know I don't know if that is even possible. There's like a special like a something inside of you when you're a kid, and you can just like imagine in a way deeper way than you can imagine as an adult. And it was fun to take the Take the various figures that you had out and have them have adventures. It's it's just, I don't feel like it would be possible to play with toys at this stage in my life. And that that's kind of sad. I do pose them. And I'm sure that some people would say, dude, you absolutely do play with toys. You're playing with toys all the time. But what I mean is, I don't know if I'd be able to have like some kind of like a fantastic toy adventure and have Billy Idol and Kiss go out with Acton Jackson and fight the, fight the forces of Cobra. It's just, it's just not possible. And that is, that's a bit of a bummer. You know, it's, there's so many like great things that come with adulthood, but losing that is, that's a bit of a bummer. So what is, what is not a bummer is that we are in Christmas. This is what is, oh, look at that. We got a, I just got a voicemail. Let's, Let's check this out real quick. Hold on. Ho, ho, ho. I see Robots Radio Network Facebook. 
It's me, Mr. Sensational Tino Vega. I just wanted to call in to wish everybody out there a Merry Christmas, a joyous Kwanzaa, Happy Hanukkah, whatever your particular flavor of holiday preference may be. I hope it's a great one to you and yours. I hope you had a good year, a great holiday season, and all the best going into 2019. Uh, a year that may or may not be another episode of the Mr. Sensational Gino Vega podcast on the IC Robots Radio Network, but that doesn't matter because you've got plenty of great content coming from the man ISR himself. So happy holidays, everyone. Have a great one. That was uh, that was pretty cool. It's always nice to hear from Gino Vega, the dude. The dude's got his head screwed on straight, man. He knows he knows what he's talking about. I would love to get another episode. I got to hear how this cartoon things. They all turn out at uh at any rate. Let's let's see. We are now we are now in Christmas. Christmas is the most marvelous, like the most marvelous time of all the all the times that there is. And one of the things me and the old wife like to do to to like celebrate the holiday season, get into the holiday spirit is like we like to we like to watch Christmas episodes of sitcoms over on YouTube. There are a pretty fair amount of episodes of things to watch, especially like certain shows. One show that we love to watch is Happy Days, and I don't, I don't know the reason why, but there are episodes of Happy Days all over YouTube. We, we watched the, well, we watched, we watched two separate Christmas episodes. The first one we saw was actually a later episode where, where like Richie was working at the post office and stuff. And in this one, Fonzie's dad, Fonzie's long estranged father comes and he drops off a package. He gives Fonzie a present. And this brings up feelings that Fonzie's tried to suppress. The the sadness of growing up without a father. But in the end, everything turns all right. The one that the one that I, I, I liked better was this was probably the first season because Chuck was on the show. Richie's brother, Richie's brother Chuck. And in this in this Christmas episode, Mr. C wants to have, like, a Cunningham-only Christmas. You know, it was like, Christmas is for family, let's get all family-fied, and at the same time this is going on, Fonzie is like, oh, I'm gonna go up to Waukesha to stay with some relatives. My cousin lives up in Waukesha. We have a giant, a giant family of Fonzarellis, and we're all gonna get together, and we're all gonna have a, you know, great Christmas celebration. And Mr. C's like, that's cool, Fonz. You weren't invited anyway, but Richie kind of smells a rat. He's never heard of these relatives before. It all it all seems suspicious, so he presses Fonzie on the matter, but Fonzie insists. He insists that he has these relatives in Waukesha, and then later in the episode, Mr. C and Richie get a they get a leak in their air hose, and they go over to Fonzie's Fonzie's garage, where they where they find him still here. He has not yet taken his bus to Waukesha, but he insists that he he was here and that he's going to go later. And the the Cunninghams bounce, but then but then Richie he has to go back because he forgot that he had a present for Fonzie when he when he sees something that uh, that saddens him. Oh, I guess I'm just thinking about Fonzie. Fonzie, why Fonzie? Dad, I don't think he went to Waukesha. Sure he did. Now look, he's with his family, you're with your family, you're both where you belong. Richard, do you think Fonzie's really alone? Yeah, I'm sure of it. Well, he made up some big story about a party in Waukesha, but I know he's at home. I saw him eating ravioli out of a can. Now, what kind of a way is that to spend Christmas Eve? Oh, poor Fonzie. It was, it was pretty sad, man. They saw the Fonz sitting inside the... 
He was sitting inside the garage and he had his like his hot plate with a pot on top of it. And he didn't even bother to pour the ravioli into the pot. He just put the can in the pot because he didn't have a bowl to eat the Chef Boyardee out of. It was it was really sad. But they go over, they invite Fonzie. Eventually, eventually he agrees to come and it's all it's all great. This was before Fonzie was like a member of the family. He didn't even live above the garage yet. He had his own he had his own place. I I like this episode a lot. It had a lot of neat retro stuff in it. The the aluminum tree they had was dope. Everything. Everything about Happy Days is fun. It's not it's not that it makes me nostalgic for the 50s. I know some people are like way into the 50s. It makes me nostalgic for my youth and like watching episodes of this on KBHK back in the back in the day. So I don't know, man. If you get a chance, hop on over to YouTube. There's a bunch of episodes of Happy Days. I saw a Christmas episode of New Heart. It's it's fun. It's a nice way to get into the spirit of things. We also like decorate like crazy. The wife is a pretty avid collector of vintage Christmas stuff. She likes Santas. She has like a million vintage plastic Santas in the house. The house is like a winter wonderland right now. We got like so many neat things and the the front yard is just it's just been taken over by by blow molds. We have like a whole Santa Claus family with him, Mrs. Claus, we have like an elf, we got a nativity set, we also have another family, we have a snowman family with a Mr. Snowman, a Mrs. Snowman, and a itty bitty baby snowman, it's, it's a lot of fun, man, I enjoy decorating for the, for the holidays, the tree's up, we got all the, we got all the neat Hallmark ornaments and stuff, and it seems like the wife has a, has one of those Hallmark Christmas movies on, just like every, every moment of the day. We're living it. We're living it. I hope you guys are having a great time. I hope you have a great Christmas. I hope you get everything that you want, man. I hope you give. I hope you give more than you receive. Sadly, the Christmas gift box was kind of a bust this year, and that's all, that's all my fault. But next year, we'll come back with a double box, dude. We'll come back, like, twice as strong. Everything will be bigger, better, faster, and all that good stuff. I... I want to thank everybody who was here for us this year. You know, you got like Gino Vega, Vic Sage, Engineer Nerd, Mighty Matt D. You got you got Esquilito. You got my man from a uh, classic, classic wrestling stars, Javier. I, I didn't even want to start naming names because once I start naming names, if I don't name all the names, I don't want to. I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings. You got Gabe. You got Ferg. You got Zerb, you got Gino Vega, you got Doug McCoy, just Earl Green, Stuntman Mike, you got Joe from here in Santa Rosa. There's just like, there's so many great people out there. If I did not name your name, please, please do not take this as a slight. I love each and every one of you. It's just sometimes, sometimes they slip through the old, uh, the old brain pan. I'm getting old, man. I can't remember everything that I, that I used to. (laughs) Sammy, my man, Sammy, like you got Zerum. You got Nicholas. I appreciate all you guys commenting, being on the Facebook group. Everything, everything is all good in the hood. So I'll see you guys next year, man. So until next time, if you don't know, now you know. Because we only have one rule on this team. What is that rule, Twiggy? E-L-E. That's right, E-L-E. What does E-L-E stand for? Everybody love everybody. Everybody love everybody.
right there up on the wall. This has been I See Robots Radio production. I See Robots Radio is a listener-supported in day hour. If you like what we do and we make your day a little easier, please consider tossing a few bucks our way to help keep the life support running. All money collected goes to help us prepare for future space pirate attacks. Go on over to supportthereport.com for all the details. Thanks and have a great week. I saw him eating ravioli out of a can. Now what kind of a way is that to spend Christmas Eve?